4: Welcome to Induction Vault, a production of iHeartRadio and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Revolutionary blues maven Janis Joplin achieved rock icon status when the rock hall honored her in 1995, her first year of eligibility. Following a raw, stripped-down acoustic performance of Peace of My Heart, Melissa Etheridge, an outsider and activist in her own right, pays tribute to the woman she deems the only goddess in a sea of rock gods. A rebel and a beatnik from a small Texas town, Janice's career paved the way for women like Melissa, musicians who blazed their own paths and refused to conform. Melissa wonders what could have been had Janice survived. Imagining the singer recording an MTV Unplugged album or championing women's rights if she was still around. Janice's sister Laura, brother Michael, and friend Bob Gordon accept the award on her behalf, lauding her authenticity and compassion. This night confirmed what fans have known all along. That rock and roll history wouldn't be complete without Janis Joplin.
5: It's a real honor and it's very exciting and it's uh, something I've never done but something I'm very honored to do. Janice Lynn Joplin was born January 19th, 1943, in Port Arthur, Texas. And uh, I can sort of imagine what that was like growing up in a small town because I grew up in a small town myself. But it was the 40s and 50s that she grew up in. And from what I gather, it wasn't easy for Janice. From the very start, she was very different. She was a rebel and a beatnik. She was taunted and ridiculed, and the other kids would throw pennies and uh, rocks at her because she looked different and because she acted different. And in all areas of her life, she refused to conform. She asserted her freedom. She painted and she wrote poetry. And at this tender period of her life, she discovered the blues. And after high school, she got out of Port Arthur and explored the, the hippie culture in Austin, Texas, first. Uh, she used to carry an auto harp around with her at all times and, and would perform at... Uh, the local coffee houses and the bars and the Student Union and the now-famous Threadgills in Austin, Texas. She traveled to the West Coast and dabbled in performing in LA and San Francisco. She also discovered the drug culture and immersed herself in it, like everything else in her life, full-on. The drinking, the grass, acid, heroin, speed, and sex with men and women. That was what a young person did at the time, and it wasn't wrong or even considered dangerous then. It was a, an attempt to expand one mind, one's mind and heart to the possibilities of life other than what one was taught by society. She came home to Port Arthur one more time in 1965, actually in an effort to slow down and grasp what she, was really, what she really wanted out of life. She enrolled in secretarial school. She smoothed down her wild hair into a bouffant and even got engaged, but it didn't work. Uh, she couldn't do it. She couldn't lie down and conform to the standards of small town Texas. So, when she got an offer to join a band in the Bay Area, she returned to San Francisco and joined Big Brother and the Holding Company. Yeah. <laughs> Big Brother signed in uh, August of 1966 with the Mainstream Records. They played the Monterey Pop Festival, and their first album was released, and then Columbia Records bought out the mainstream contract in March of 1968, and they released cheap thrills. It reached number one, and it stayed there for eight weeks. (laughs) This all happened at a time when the Haight-Ashbury scene was in full bloom. Without trying, Janice became an icon. She was the only goddess in a sea of rock gods. Posters of her were sold right next to those of Hendrix, Leary, and other heroes of the time. The posters depicted a wild thing, half-nude, hair-flying, an image completely different from any other woman in the public eye at that time. In 1968, Janice split from Big Brother and formed a new band called the Cosmic Blues Band. They played all through 1969, and in October they released I Got Them Old Cosmic Blues Again, Mama. In September of 1970, Janice started recording a new album with a new band, the Full Tilt Boogie Band. She had recorded the tracks, sang all the vocals except for one, Buried Alive in the Blues, and it was never finished. On October 4th, 1970, after a good day in the recording studio, Janice dropped by for a few drinks at her regular watering hole, Barney's Beanery. Friends friend she had planned to meet up with her that night had stood her up, so Janice Joplin went back to her Hollywood hotel alone. She bought a pack of Marlboro Reds, She chatted with the hotel clerk and went to her room. The next day, Janice Joplin was found dead at age 27 from a heroin overdose. Janice once said she became a singer because a friend loaned her his Bessie Smith and Lead Belly records. Janice said of Bessie Smith, she showed me the air and taught me how to fill it. Before Janice died, she even paid tribute to Bessie by buying a headstone for her unmarked grave. Janice was the 60s. She was the style, the sound, inspiration for men and women all over the world. She wasn't playing a character. Like the rebel in the high school in Port Arthur, she was just being herself. Even when she was a full-fledged rock star, she was ridiculed for her dress and her looks from being different than others. Yet she never apologized, never backed away from the truth. Instead, she stood fast in her beliefs to her fans, she was a goddess. She was the passion and power of love and freedom. Men and women both felt it, understood it, and felt understood themselves. I remember the first time I heard Janice Joplin. I was 10 years old. My parents had purchased the album Pearl. I remember listening to the songs as I studied the album cover and wondering about this crazy woman in feathers and beads, smiling on, laying on that couch. I had never heard the blues. I had never heard Bessie or Odetta or Lead Belly. But I was hearing them then. When I was 19, I discovered her other work and it grabbed me. I wanted to explode like that. I wanted to feel like that. And I wanted to sing like that. Yes, Janis Joplin was a junkie. Yes, she was an alcoholic. Yes, she was promiscuous. Men, women. She made no excuse for it. In 1967... Janice Joplin was strange and freakish, but I think today she would be pretty hip. She would be alternative. <laughs> I think so. She would do quite well. And uh, because of what she did, I feel like what she did in her life at that time enabled me, when I was a young girl in 1976 growing up, not to feel so strange about wanting to do the things I wanted to do. She gave me power in my life. We didn't have to be secretaries or housewives. We could be rock stars. I never knew Janice. I never saw her or heard her voice live. I never witnessed the fireball of fury that she unleashed on stage. But I think I understand. When a soul can look on the world and see and feel the pain and loneliness and can reach deep down inside and find a voice to sing of it, a soul can heal, and hers did. I wish, I wish the dose of heroin she injected that night had not been 10 times, accidentally 10 times stronger than what her usual hit was. I wish she was here with us. I wish she was making a comeback right now and doing an MTV Unplugged. And getting her tribute album together and standing up against women's rights, or for women's rights, standing up for gay rights, standing up for intolerance everywhere against fur and republicans or whatever. She, I think she would be doing that. I absolutely do. I wish she would have survived. Then maybe I could tell her thank you. Thank you for traveling that road, for carrying that ball and chain. For giving a piece of her heart. I wish I could congratulate her personally, tell her she will always be a part of rock and roll history, that she helped create it, lived by it, and died by it. I wish I could say to her now, Welcome, welcome to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, a place you so definitely deserve to be.
4: After the break, We'll hear from Janice's friend and family on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Induction Vault.
0: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge.
2: Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.
5: You know, one of the things that Janice said that I like the most is that you need to be true to yourself because yourself is all you got. And obviously, what was most powerful and most important to Janice was music and her ability to find her emotion and share that with people. To hear from her public and from the industry that she is still communicating and being there with them is very moving for me, and I thank you.
3: I just wanted to thank everybody with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's a really nice... Uh next week is Janice's birthday, and uh, it's a really cool present. Uh I just really wish that it was up she was up here instead of me. That's all I got. Thanks. Uh, this event reminds me of a story about Janice, and it involves Ahmed Ernigan. There was a party at my home in Los Angeles while Janice was recording the Pearl album, and uh Bob Krasnow was there, and Ahmed was there. And uh, Janice sort of spontaneously sang Mercedes-Benz to uh, the applause of the gathered people in the record business. And Ahmed kind of smiled at her and said, if you come upstairs with me for a while, uh, I'll let you record the song. And perhaps uh, typical, Ahmed had no interest in the song, but he was, uh, (laughs) you know, going for it. (laughs) Um, As far as I know, nothing happened. (laughs) Uh, Janice never went through the motions. She gave every bit of herself in every way and every aspect of her life. I can remember being scared to death while she was driving on the windy part of Sunset Boulevard at 90 miles an hour in her famous Porsche. And of course, you've seen just now, and I'm sure know about, the incredible passion with which she sung. Another part of Janice was was kind of as a philosopher, in a way, in the society of the 60s. And I think of her in terms of three elements. Uh, Be true to yourself, as Laura just said, having respect for other people, and being compassionate. Thank you on behalf of Janice.
4: Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Induction Vault. For more on your favorite inductees, to shop inductee merch, or to plan your trip to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, visit rockhall.com. Plus, view the 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction special On Demand on HBO Max. Our executive producers are Noel Brown, Shelby Morrison, and Risa Gerke. Supervising producer is Taylor Shakoyne. Research and archival assistance from Isabel Kiefer and Shannon Erb. Thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Induction Vault. Induction Vault is a production of iHeartRadio and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
0: Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not with 80 Acres Farms.